In this episode, I'm going to be reading the first chapter of Girl in Blue. Put your mind to rest. Take a deep breath through your nose. Hold it. Relax every, everything in your body while exhaling slowly. Another deep breath through the nose. Hold it. Release over every bone in your body. Feel yourself sinking into the bed and listen to the story as it unfolds. Chapter 1 May 3, 1861, Casey's Mill, Michigan. The girl, Sarah Louisa, sat by the open window in the back bedroom that belonged to her brother. She sat in the rocker and rested the barrel of the Winchester 44 rifle on the sill. Its wood felt solid in her hands. Every so often she'd run her fingers over the fancy engraving of the girl on the stock, which was near worn now from so much use. How many times she'd sat in the woods, huddled in the brush, passing her hands over that girl with a deer in her sides when hunting food for her family. She called the gun Fanny after the heroine in Fanny Campbell, the female pirate captain, a book given to her by a peddler when she was 13. The story of Fanny goes as follow. Fanny cut off her curls. She put on a short blue jacket. She went aboard a ship as a man and never more was she beholden to anyone. Ever since the day she and her sister Betsy had been sent to the fields to plant potatoes in a patch of land far from the house and had taken the book with them. Sarah had been planning her escape. Never would she forget the way she felt when she read it. Like an angel had touched her with a live coal. And now, a little over a year later, It was still burning inside her. At that moment, in the bundle at her feet, Sarah had a pair of scissors taken from Ma's sewing basket. The time would soon be upon her when she would cut off her own curls. In the potato field, 
that day, 13-year-old Sarah Louisa Wheelock had become Fanny. And in more than two years that followed, while she patiently hoed her father's fields, milked his cows, cleaned out his barn, helped slaughter his hogs, hunted game for his table, mended his fences, and took the cuffs and insults he gave her. She buried her anger, especially when he made her kneel on the floor at the table while he ate, because her chores weren't done right, and she planned and plotted for this day. This day when she would leave her father's place forever. And now it had come, sooner than she expected, but that too was her father's misdeed, because now he had another job for her, a job she was not going to do, a job she would die before doing. He planned for her to wed Ezekiel Kunkel, a farmer whose spread was south of theirs. All her life, Sarah Louisa had known Ezekiel Kunkel. She'd known his worn-down wife, Nancy, who died of the milk sick six months past. Sarah Louisa had been sent by her father to help care for the children at the time of the funeral, even stayed over the night against her mother's objections. Her father had only stated that it was for the best. Don't worry, Ma, Sarah Louisa had said, knowing that her father was already plotting for her to wed Ezekiel, so there would be another hand on the farm. I can take care of myself. She had to. Hit Ezekiel in the head with a frying pan the next morning when he tried to touch her while she was making breakfast for his three brats. He was 35. If he was a day tall, with a beard below his chin, a long jaw that all the time chewed rotten teeth and breath that smelled of whiskey, you needed to get a draught of clean, cold air just from standing downwind of him. Twice already he'd come to call. When she told her father, he'd become angry and told her to stop making up lies. He's a good man, he yelled. Helped me with the harvest last fall, didn't he? Now, Ezekiel was coming to call again. With her father's permission, her ma and pa and her sister Betsy, who helped Sarah with the chores, but never did anything wrong in their father's eyes, 
had gone to meeting. Below stairs, her brother Benjamin was resting. He was having one of his spells, so he was excused from church. She could never depend on Ben for help if she needed it. What could Ben do? She loved Benjamin, but it was part of his fault that she was in this mess in the first place. Her father had wanted strapping sons to till his soil. He got three daughters and Benjamin, whose spine was sick, who did his best, but whose best was not enough. Clarice, the oldest, was wed to Tobias Monday, had one baby and lived over the wooded hill. It was up to Sarah Louisa and Betsy to do the chores. Betsy, at 15, was as strong in the limbs as Sarah, but more given to courting boys and worrying about how she looked than to caring if the family lived or died. You ought to wet Ezekiel, she'd said more than once to Sarah. He's not so bad, and with this war and all the young men going off, why, you'll be an old maid before you get to anyone else who wants you, and we could sure use his hands on the farm. Wed him yourself, Sarah had told her. I would, if Pa'd let me. I'd do anything to get out of these fields. You know what Ma always says, Betsy? There's a price to pay for everything. Sometimes it's worth paying, Betsy had returned. And if Ma had learned that, she wouldn't be in the mess she's in. Don't talk against Ma. Sarah would order whenever the conversation took such a turn, as it often did. I won't have it, though she herself had wondered what it would have been if Ma had been willing to pay the price of standing up to Pa. When they worked in the fields and barn, they were men's clothing. Even when they drove the wagon to town full of milk cans to be shipped down Lake Michigan to small towns below, they wore men's clothing. Ma said it would protect them around the docks, but many times on the way, Betsy would change into her woolen skirt and puff sleeve. Garibaldi blouse and go around town while Sarah saw the milk cans handed on board and collected the money for them. Sarah Louisa didn't mind the work. She took pride in her accomplishments, in being the best shot in the county, in knowing she could ride and swim better than the Bronson brothers 
in her town of Casey Mill, between Flint and Pontiac. She could build a fire in the rain, live out in the wild on her wits if she had to, but she would not kneel one more time by her father's side at the table while he shoved food in his mouth with no care than a hog as her stomach rumbled with hunger. She knew if she stayed around much longer, she'd do or say something terrible. Then he'd take it out on her ma. They'd be shouting, throwing of things, even blows to her mother. Ma was so downtrodden, she couldn't even name pride in her own accomplishments. Not even the way neighbours came to her for fixin' when they were taken ill and for remedies. The sun was ripe in the hard blue sky now over the newly planted corn. It should be near noon. Ezekiel had told her father he'd come at noon to court her. He told her that last Sunday at meeting. I'll be awaiting with Fanny, she told Kunkel. You dare come across the creek at the end of the south field and you'll feel Fanny's sting in your never parts. He'd laughed in her face and looked her up and down like he was buying a horse. Said he liked a saucy woman. It added spice to a man's life. So sure of himself he was. So sure of her father's backing. It rankled her so, the way he thought he had a right to her. It was two hundred yards to the creek, where she expected to sigh him. She knew she could hit him from there, but she also knew she was not going to shoot him, shooting deer or rabbits or peasants for the family table was one thing. Shooting a man with three children because you didn't want to wed him was another. She would scare him, though. That she knew she would. But she also knew then that she'd have to leave today. She had it all planned out. She was going to Flint. Her ma had planned it, bless her. Though her ma knew nothing about how she intended to scare off Ezekiel. Ma had a sister in Flint who had a millinery shop. Ma had written to Aunt Annie and asked her to apprentice Sarah Louisa It was all arranged, so Ma thought, and this was the part that made Sarah Louisa a little guilty, the way she felt more when she was about to shoot a doe, and had to see the look in the animal's large 
molasses-like eyes. Sarah had no mind to work in a millinery shop. Fuss with hats all day? Help a lady decide what colour ribbon to put on a bonnet? Not as long as she had breath in her body. So, she was going to Flint, but she had another plan. So bold that when she brought it to mind, it was like diving into the cold creek on a hot summer day. But she'd done that enough and a half. And she could do this. She'd been studying on it ever since that day in early April when little Georgie Branwith came running across the creek, waving a paper in his hand and yelling something about Fort Sumter. Ever since a week later, when the newspaper had it that Lincoln had called for 75,000 men and, at supper, Benjamin looked near tears. I'd go if it weren't for this back, he'd said bitterly. Ever since Clarice had paid a visit and said her husband was talking about enlisting in the Flint Union Greys. Now, she waited patiently, closed her eyes in the sun's warmth and near dozed. Then, she heard Mose, the family's best hunting dog, start to raise a ruckus and she knew it be Ezekiel coming to claim her and that if she let him come this day, she'd be lost. She opened her eyes, accustomed them to the brightness outside, narrowed them to home in on the figure on the horse, just this side of the woods and other side of the creek beyond the field. She raised the rifle and rested it on her shoulder. Its weight was familiar to her. She'd hold off until he crossed the creek. Only fair, she told herself, make sure he was of a mind to come. Then she'd give him some spice. He'd know she meant what she said about not coming to call. Had he sighted her at the upstairs window? Was he daring her to shoot? As she'd done so many times in the past, hunting deer or possum, Sarah Louisa leaned forward, closed one eye and took careful aim. He was coming toward the house now, bold as brass. In the quietness of the Sabbath fields, she was sure she could hear his horse's snort. She aimed at his floppy hat and saw it fly off his head, saw him pull up on the horse's reins, stare at the house, shake a fist at her. Then she put down the gun and ran downstairs.
Sadly, all good things must come to an end. So, I bid you good night. Sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite.